Welcome to episode 298 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Righto, guys, welcome along to episode 298 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom. Oh, I was going to say, and Bevan James, I was going to say, how are you going you. before we started? Oh, no, that's you. Uh, I am good, Bevan. How are you? I'm really good as well. Do you know why? Why? Because you've hurt your elbow? Oh, no, actually, I've got a bit of tendonitis. Oh, dear. And I've had it for about three or four weeks now. It's in its left hand, everybody, not as right. <laughs> oh, I'm left handed. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so I came from that. <laughs> no, um, I, I did it doing weights, and yeah, it's just not getting better. So I've gone to the physio, and hopefully she has a miracle cure. Yes, so I'm sure she does. That was, she was actually listening to the show, John. Really? It was kind of funny, really. I was at the physio getting some work done, and she was, you know, she's a lovely girl, and she's doing her stuff. And then she kind of mentioned I am talking, gave me the old cheeky smile. And then I thought, man, she must know a lot about me right now. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe this podcasting isn't such a good thing after all. Yeah. Anyway, I am talk is proudly brought to you by coffeesofhawaii.com. Get on the tasty stuff if you're in the cold parts of the world right now. Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. And extreme endurance. Just your lactic buffer that makes you faster. And you know, let's be honest, Lance probably took some. Yes. <laughs> we, can't, we can't prove that. No. But just um, anyway, guys, in this week's show, where there's a little bit of news coming up, and I think there's going to be one main topic we'll probably cover. And then we've got um, an age grouper of the week. We've got a website of the week. We've got a high five, John Boat. Yes, even a high 10 almost. Bringing it back. And then we're going to interview with a guy called Hamish Taylor. Tell us about him, John. He uh, must have been, you know, he listens to the show, and he must have got a bit of. Epicantitis, and uh, he decided. <laughs> he's, many people get. <laughs> he's decided to do a few crazy ass things, and one of the things he did was he rode basically from Auckland, which is the top of New Zealand, down to Wanaka, and then to challenge Wanaka. He did it solo. Some big, big days, and had some gear break and stuff. And oh, you know, it's like fifteen hundred k's of riding by yourself. By yourself, no solo. support. How yeah. did you do support? Oh, you just cruised. You know, just. Went to hotels. Yeah. Five star. Yeah. Just like Epic Camp. Just eh? like Epic Camp. <laughs> just like it. Just like the Kona Camp coming up. That's right. You want to sell a Kona Camp? Just get Lance to turn up. That's what you did, wasn't it? <laughs> so now's the time, Lance. I need, I need a few more people to come on board. Well, this week, there's a big piece of news coming up. And the first piece of news we got lots of information from you guys about was Lance was officially racing this weekend in the Ironman 70.3 in Panama. And, uh, John? Well, that's, well, first off, I want to say thanks to Lance because I was doing my news yes, yesterday and I was like, there is nothing happening. And uh, thanks to this, we'll be here for a while talking about this topic. But I think what's important, it's not just about today, which we'll, we'll talk about in a moment. Um, it's also the, the fact that he's got a full season panned out. You know, he's got the Panama 70.3, he's got the um, Texas. Texas 70.3, Florida 70.3, Hawaii 70.3, and then Ironman France. So he's packaged out a season. When's France? France... Sometime in June, from memory. So how many points does he need? He needs about 3,000, we reckon, eh? Well, I think it might be a few more this year. I don't think points are going to be too much of an issue based off today's results. No, no. <laughs> I suppose the question, John, like if I'd come to you last week and said Lance was racing, what would have you said? I would have said, based on that recent information we had on his swimming, I would have thought he would have been pretty close in the swim. Yeah. Perhaps not quite as close as he was, maybe, you know, within a minute, minute and a half of the for front guys coming out of the swim. Bike, we all know. You'd, I was, would have expected him to... Ride strongly. I, I didn't expect him to absolutely blow people out of the water. The run, 
I didn't think he'd run that well. I thought he'd run okay, yeah. but I didn't think he'd run that well. Because it was a pretty good field, wasn't it? It wasn't Gumboots. Oh, you've was got Rasmus Henning. Very solid Peter field. Doherty, well, no, he doesn't normally do halves. So we've got Chris Lieto. We've got some... Richie Cunningham. Richie Cunningham. Matty Reid. That Reed. is a very good semi So it wasn't like field. he just went to a peasant race and beat you know some nobodies. He actually beat some pretty good guys, didn't he? Yes. So... John, before we kind of get into it, it kind of... You know, obviously he was waiting for the court case to get out of the way so it could clear the way that he could put his tension into this. But he's obviously been training oh. alongside that. Yeah. Did he make a mistake in doing the last um, Tour de France he did? Do you think that maybe, like, he's, he's 40 now, you know, maybe if he hadn't done that last tour, which, you know, then didn't really mean anything to his career, mm. and did Ironman two or three years ago? I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, 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 you know, it's one race and we don't want to go over the top on, you know, one performance, but, you know, like, if, if he obviously was, can be competitive in the sport, I don't know if he's going to be good enough to win Kona, but if he hadn't done that last tour, which kind of was a bit of a waste of space, really... Was. It was some good PR, and I'm sure you know he always talks about how it's good for the foundation to bring Liv Strong more money. So he understood that, but but I think he would have realistically thought he could have probably gone in there and won it. All things going well, I think he, from memory he had a few incidents, a few crashes and stuff, okay. and, and a bad lead into the season. But I think he would have gone back to that race with the intention with the intention of winning, like okay. he's coming to triathlon. I, it now seems with the intention yeah. of winning. Well, so tell us about Dejon. So. It's, uh, yeah, Lance, so splits were, you know, if we look at Bevan Doherty first, he did 18.54 on the swim, 2 hours 14 on the bike, and one twelve fifty on the run for 3.50. Lance um, swam 19.22, so he was, you know, there was a couple of guys off the front, but essentially he was probably just off the back. He was 10th tenth, tenth out of tenth, the water. Yep. Yeah, and that may, he may have lost some of that time in transition, didn't watch live coverage. Yep. Um, bike 2.10 two, two um, went off the front with... Chris Lieto and I think Oscar Galindez might have been there no, for some of it. I think he was there early in the oh, ride, and then and then maybe uh, and then the other one was I think Roman Guillaume. Um, yeah. And anyway, there was there was three of them off the front, and then no, yeah. I think Guillaume took off, and then Lance and Lieto caught him up. Hmm. Yeah, that's what happened. And then I did my piece for once. Nice work. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. Lance Armstrong was to. was leading on the run and uh, and leading for a very long time. It seemed like Chris Lieto must have faded pretty relatively quickly. And then Lance got to the front. Apparently, it was looking good. And then just started to fade a bit at the end. And Bevan Doherty was eating into that time. I think towards the end he was uh, having to take fifteen seconds out of him every mile, and he did that plus plus some. And so Bevan ended up finishing forty seconds in front of him. Very impressed. Well, okay, let's talk about Lance in a second. What about Bevan? Well, he, the thing is... Um, Why was Bevan doing this race? Well, it, just as a bit of a pre-season hit-out, really. Um, okay. to, you know, he, he'll be going through some heavy training at the moment. He's got to confirm his Olympic selection. He's certainly not selected yet. Uh, but he, so he'll, but he'll he's a They're saying no, but he should be. But, but he's still, still got to perform. He's, yeah. And you know, yeah. the, 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 key, the key races are coming up in March and April. So he's going he's gonna to be in good shape. He'll be in heavy training, but in good shape. Now, do you think this for someone like I know everyone wants to hear about Lance, but Bevan Doherty's you know, one of the best triathletes in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, for him to be going a little bit longer, I know it's only you know, early season. Thing. Do you think this would give him a bit of a hint at a new life? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, I always, he's always talked no Ironman. But yeah, I don't, Bevan has, I don't think Bevan will go to Ironman. He might do halves, but he does, he's, he's, I don't think Ironman would suit Bevan. Mm. But... This, 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 is a, this is a good field, and uh, and he looked like he was running strong. Apparently, it was very, very hot, and uh, very hot. Lance Armstrong was saying, you know, he's from Austin, Texas, and he's used to the heat, but he said this was just crazy. Yeah. So I'm just I'm, I'm impressed. Um, so Bevan had a great race. He ran 112. Lance ran 117. So it was a bit off the pace with Bevan. But if you look at most of the other guys, they're running around 115 to run 17 yeah. themselves. So it wasn't like the guys, you know, Rasmus Henning. Lance Henning. only ran 10 seconds faster than him. Yeah. 
So Rasmus Henning in the pre-race thing said, yeah, I'll, I'll be, uh, you know, I'll probably, it sounds like he's swimming quite well. He'll probably bike some time into us, but I'll be pretty disappointed if I don't outrun him by quite a bit. And he did get out, he only outran him by 10 seconds. Not so, quite a bit. So. Uh, that was, uh, it was an outstanding effort. So put this into perspective, you know, um, Lance getting to Kona. Um, when, I, when, I, when I did these P's before the race yesterday, you know, I was thinking again when we heard that interview from Dirk Bockley, he, he was mentioning something around the 3,000 point mark. But we look at Lance's sort of race schedule. Today's race was, a, was a ch- actually the Pan American Championships. So first place was getting 1,500 points today. I'm not sure what second was, but it was, yeah, yep. whatever, 1,400, 1,300, something like that. He's doing the I meant the Texas, which is another 1,500. Okay. Let, let's say he gets um, second or third. somewhere there, 2,500 points or so. Florida, he'll probably win, I'd imagine. Hawaii will probably win. There's not usually anybody turns up. They're, they're small money races. And You're going to be there? Yeah. You're racing pro? No. You should just race against him, mate. Come on. <laughs> you come back. <laughs> and, uh, and Ironman France is a 2,000-point race, and you'd expect him to be there or thereabouts. Okay, but let's be honest. Well. Let's say he doesn't qualify. We're going to let him in, aren't we? You can't let him in the pros. No, don't, don't they have an exemplary? Mm, they do. Come on. Lance is going. Mm. Lance is going. It would be stupid of the sport not to. The PR he's bringing. Look at, look at us today. Yeah, I'd, I'd, like kids at Christmas, mm. John. Yeah, I think he'll qualify the legit way. I think the only thing that I think he'll have to do France. Now, if he didn't do France, I don't, I don't think they would let him. He's going to get there. I mean, yeah, at least yeah, he gets but in the qualification process, you still have to do an Ironman, don't you? Yeah, so I think he'll have to finish France. France. Yep. And if he got injured mid-season, oh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how I think. But anyway, you, you're right. They'd be silly not to let him in. But rules are rules. John, um, okay. There you go, Head. Your thoughts on having Lance in sport. Oh, I mean, I'm not a, a massive Lance fan. I've got a huge amount of admiration, and his results are impressive, and he's going to do fantastic things with sports. So I've got no issues with it. But um, it's just—it's going to just go mental. It is going to go mental. Yeah. Today on ESPN, I bet you it's, it's on like ESPN and things like that. Triathlon will never get coverage anywhere. I bet you it's going to be in a lot of the We've main newspapers for next week. Have you done that yet? Yeah, right. <laughs> but Ian would ask me, "Oh, yeah, why don't you line up an interview and and and." In Kona, I'm like, that's that. Good. If someone can not send up an interview with Lance, just hook us up, you know, oh. you know, just use your network. To can you ima- can people out there? Can you imagine being him and the amount of crap you have to go through? Oh, do, well, do you know when I was? I think I've talked about this on the show before. But once, once I was in the states doing some fitness stuff over there, and we're in Portland, which is where Nike's based. And so when we, we did all this work, and I was touring around, and we got to go to Nike, and we got to go to Nike University and stuff. It was kind of cool. And I was saying that if you want an interview of Lance about sponsorship, it costs you like a hundred thousand mm. dollars. Like even if you just wanted to talk about sponsorship, you have to come up a hundred thousand just to sit down with the dude yeah. this is obviously when he's in his prime now and that figure may not be exact but you know like he's he's one of those guys who's just people are trying to suck energy out of him all the time oh, and so yeah. you know imagine when he finishes his race how many people want to try to grab an interview and stuff oh, with him like, I just you feel go. for him and you know a lot of us um, you know you get into the bit of character assassination you see bad things written about his character and stuff and, and you know yeah, yeah a lot it's easy of to judge on the outside. Eh? Yeah. You've never met him or anything. It's like, like that. when you watch Chrissy, you know, like you watch these pros, and, and and especially in these race environments. If you walk into a race, like maybe Lance in his own hometown, you know, people are kind of used to him, and it's all good. But you walk into a race environment, and when you see Chrissy, there's not a moment when she steps out of that door when someone's not trying to grab her attention, mm. you know. And and that's just a different world to 99.9 percent of the world people yeah. in the world, and it's hard to really comprehend what that's like. And so. Too, you know, you can't be too judgmental on them when they do get a bit kind of upset with everyone. A couple of other things I'll take out of this. You know, I saw some articles written, you know, other cyclists that have come into triathlon. We've got to remember Lance isn't coming into triathlon. He was an amazing triathlete yeah. before he went over to cycling. So for him, it's not like a Laurent Jalabert who's trying to learn how to swim and run. It's for him trying to rediscover how to swim and run. Yeah. And I think the other thing we've got to remember is one thing I would 
say with Lance Armstrong, not that I know him personally. Oh, come on. But he's Make a seen, character assassination. I, 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 he seems to me that he, he is one of the most professional people I've ever yeah. heard about in my life. So when he's training for this race, if he is really serious about Kona, you know, he's going to be paying somebody to be standing there on the side of the road to give him a drink bottle at halfway on, on the, when he's out on a training road. When he finishes, yep. when he's going to have a... Well, he a said that sm- in an interview. He yeah. said, you know, like for me, I have an advantage. And he wasn't being arrogant. He was just saying, you know, luckily for me, I have a guy who's there, like a therapist with me all the time. Yeah. You know, like a soft oil massage, they're there. If I need, you know, problems with my body, they're there. So he has, you know, when you have that much money, it does come with an oh, advantage, doesn't it? And that's why I put it out there on Facebook, and I was, I was quite surprised with the response, actually. I Wait said, a second, let me pull it up. I want to see what people have come up well, with. Well, there's quite a few there, Bevan. <laughs> this, Discussion I, of the week. I, I, there was <laughs> grab a few. Too. But I, I said, can Lance win Kona? And I put it on there thinking, oh, everybody's going to get on the Lance bandwagon and say, yeah, Lance is the greatest, Lance is the greatest, he can win. But I was quite surprised. Most people were going, nah, he doesn't stand a chance. He's, you know, if he gets top 20, maybe top 10. I was really surprised because... I think he is a serious contender now for Kona. Well, really serious. Well, there's a couple of things that are very interesting. Is if we look at his marathon time, he was only running about three hours, wasn't he? That was a little while ago. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And, and yeah, like I'm not saying that, but we ran a what a 117 today, which in the heat, in the heat. So you're thinking he'd probably have to run. This is, if, if he can bike like Liado in a run, like, Liado's never been able to really get into the low one two fifties. But if he can bike with Liado, maybe even faster, you know, and get run a 250. Well, that's what you look at. That's what um, Norman Stadler did. Yeah, um, you know, he'd, Norman Stadler wasn't as good a swimmer as Lance Armstrong is. Um, he was, you know, the bike. I don't know, similar-ish, I guess. Um, well, Lance, Lance, Lance Armstrong, have... you would think would be better, but yep. Norman Stadler went pretty hard over there, and yep. and, and he ran you know, low two fifties, and he won it twice. Um, so yeah, I don't. I mean, people are saying, oh, Lance isn't going to be able to keep up with uh, Crowey and um, Rayler and down the run. Of course, he's not going to be able to run a two forty. But I don't see. I, I think you know, based off a of one seventeen in that heat in his first proper triathlon, I know he's done some exteriors. Um, I would be picking that. You know, if he has a good steady day, there's no reason why he can't run two fifty five, if not potentially quicker. So, well, yeah, man. Yeah. John, does it make our pros look poor? You know, like you, you look at you know this guy's an ex pro oh, cyclist who was at the top of his game. Yeah, he's now forty, nearly forty one. You know, and, and we talk about old man in our game mm. for the top pros. Well, he's an old man, and you know, comes into our sport. No, no okay, look, it's day one. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to write too much of a book about this, but I don't think it does. No, you, you, you kind of go, well, here's all these guys. We've got these guys, you know, in our sport, the, the elites, and he comes along. And other than Bevan Doherty, who you always talk about ITU's guys being a lot faster, if, if he wasn't there, mm. Lance beats them all. Yeah, no, I, uh, I don't think it makes him look bad there. He's, he's or just, does it show the professionalism of our sport in comparison to cycling? I, I just, Lance is on a different stratosphere. If you, you compare Lance to most other pro cyclists, he's still on a different stratosphere when he was at his best in terms of, well, as far as I, in my opinion, in terms of his professional and stuff, in terms of his ability. You know, he was miles ahead of the rest of them. Miles. Even, think, when he, even when he was crap, he was still ahead of them. Do you think some of the pros would be gutted because it takes away the exposure? <laughs> Well, I think it was a great thing with Bevan Doherty. I mean, I know he nearly got beaten, but he'd beaten him. Everybody, all of a sudden, Bevan's going to get massive amount of coverage. I bet he'll be doing a lot more interviews than he normally would be doing um, yeah. after that Talking race. about Lance. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it'll be good for his brand, and he'll be getting his Doherty name out there. So yeah. I don't necessarily think it makes him look bad. I bet they're not very happy about it, though. I mean, uh, they were talking about being, about being checked by Chrissy, and now they're talking about Lance. There's not many people that aren't going to get lanced. 
So it's all good. Except for John Newsom and the Kona, oh, Kona seventy point three, mate. I'm, I'm probably going to be acting a support crew over in Kona. I think. Well, you're going to race. I oh, will see. Oh, come on, John. <laughs> mate, I, just went for a 20, I just went for a twenty minute run. and I'm still suffering. Oh man, I went for a run the other day. I've been running much lately. I thought I'd go for a run, and I hit my runners in the morning. I killed them. So I thought I'll kill myself. I'm going up the hill. I killed myself. God, I'm so sore. Mm. Oh, give me some Damn. extreme endurance right now, Jumbo. <laughs> Any other thing on Lance before we want to wrap it up? Let's talk about the race, the other results. <laughs> there were some other results of the race. And in the guys' field, so we had uh, Ben Richard, Richard Cunningham got third, Rasmus Henning got fourth, and Roman Guillaume got uh, fifth. And then on the girls' side of things... You didn't even have the girls here, mate. It's only a 70.3. I wouldn't have even brought the results up if it hadn't <laughs> oh, been for Lance Armstrong. Wait, is he going to be doing it? I'll put it up here while you, you tell me something Let else Let me see if Lance. I can remember. He wore black. Full black. Black oh, shoes, black socks, oh, black... Oh, man. Black... Everything. I know Livestrong's black and yellow, but come on, Lance, we're yellow, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> a lighter shade of like. One thing I will say, and I mentioned this to John before the show, is he's carrying quite a lot of weight. If you look at him in comparison to like, you know, most of the other guys out in the field, he was carrying a lot of weight. And if you think, if he loses another two or three, you know, if you look at Lance now in comparison to what he was when he was doing Tour de France, you know, he's obviously going to lose a bit more weight in the next six months. And that's got to be helpful for his, you know, if you look at the. the mm. um, Although, the, the, I don't know, the, the Kona guys are pretty big, some of them. Oh, I don't know. You look at Ray Lert and yeah. you look at Mecca on race day. That's cause mm. look, Mecca's a big dude, but he's mm. lean on race day. Mm. Okay, we're seeing woman. We've got uh, Angela Neith. Neith. Uh, Kelly Williamson came in second and Margaret Chappello came in third. Nina Cave came in fourth. We had another race over here in New Zealand, the Coast to Coast. I know it's not Ironman, but it's, uh, it's a big race over here. And our current Ironman race record, Iron Distance race record holder is was it 807? Like, no, it was, it was something like that. 802, yeah. 803, 801, something like that. Richard Usher took it out. His wife also took it out. So uh, first time ever we've had a husband and wife um, take out the race. And it went from go, basically goes from one side of the South Island to the other side of the South Island. So pretty cool race. And the good thing was he he's always dominates it. You know, you, he was odds on favourite. You put a huge amount of money on him to win that race. Um, but the good thing was the guys really took it to him in the race and he had to really fight for it. Did he? It, it, blew, it blew out in the, in the final bike league and he won by like about 19 minutes. But coming going into the paddle, he wasn't in first. He was a couple of minutes down and there was a few guys really close to him. Coming out of the paddle, they were still pretty close, but then they all blew up on the final ride. Do you think it's... Like, okay, most people don't know much about this race, but do you think it was a bit of a payday? Because I was reading a report. Oh, yeah. No, but I mean, he's only doing it for the payday. Because he was saying that he didn't normally goes all out in this race. He thought, no, I'll just conserve and wait till the end. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like his strategy was, oh, I'll just let them blow and all. Because mm-hmm. he's so much ahead of everyone else in the sport, isn't he? Well, he's just yeah, he's just got to pace pace his way through. And the mm-hmm. only guys, the only way those guys were going to beat him is just to get in front and play the cards and see what happens. But yeah, good to pay though. 20, 20 grand for the couple. Well, week. this weekend we've got a race coming. Is it this weekend? Yes, it's Corpus Christi race. And I went on their website. I've got a pretty cool website, and they've got this great YouTube clip. Oh, look at that! It looks a nice place to oh, race. What's cool about it is the swim it swims along. I don't know how it's done it, but it's got seating. Along the whole waterfront, well, it looks like they've got sort of. It looks like a, a little sort of dock area, so maybe they use. But it's it for got like s- I know. Yeah, it was out of it. It was permanent seating. Yeah, permanent seating. Yeah. So it must be for yacht racing or yeah, or something. dragon boating or something like that. Looked cool, and uh, the run looked really nice along the promenade. So um, they've, yeah, they've got a big challenge on their hands. I think you know, it's, it's for them. I don't know why they have an iron distance race in there, to be honest. Yeah. You know, I think if they had a sprint, an Olympic, and a half, they'd do really well. I just can't see the iron distance taking off, but let's, let's wait and see. But it looks like a great place to race. Do you think with these festival type of events, because you know, obviously you try to make your money across the whole day and you just mm. have the iron just to tick the box, do you think that we're going to find over time that they will just go up to a half? I wouldn't be at all surprised if they did. Yeah. Because people, aren't get, people are going to get turned off if 
they're out there racing by themselves. I know there's small iron distance races where you might have a couple of hundred people on them, but it's different when you've got like 20 people racing. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Wait and Would see. Would you want to start at half at lunchtime? Well, having having had the um, experience in Wanaka where you've got to wait around to do the relay team and you're not starting until 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, that's really hard work. Yeah. Um, so I'd probably say no. I'm just thinking, let's say you kind of actually had half, you know, the full people take off at 7 in the morning, you mm. have some fun kid stuff in the, you know, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, and you maybe have a sprint and then actually start the half at lunchtime so that then everyone's coming in, you know, the... the Get what I mean? Yeah, I'd just say get rid of the full. Okay. <laughs> I think that'd be the easiest. Well, solution. who knows? We don't know. The first race didn't get a lot of people, but maybe this race will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, too judgmental, John. Yes, well, uh, after this weekend, uh, we've got the next races that are coming up. We've got Ironman New Zealand, Abu Dhabi. That's the next big ones on the radar. They're both first weekend of March, March 3rd and 4th, I think. Coming up real soon. Okay, John's ITU update, John, and I think I have some interest in your ITU update this week. Yes, well, um, the first race of the World, I think it's called the World Triathlon Series this year, not the World Championship Series, the World Triathlon series something like that uh it's coming up in sydney and why did they change it i don't know i think people got confused with the world championship series so what's it called now i think it's called the world triathlon series and what's the top one this is the top one now oh so it used to be called the world championship series the dextro energy world championship series and now it's called now, the, it's, now i think it's called the i don't know, i think it's still dextro energy world triathlon series it's a bit silly, really, isn't it? I don't know. Anyway, anyway um, <laughs> coming up mid-April, but we also had at the weekend the Oceania Sprint Champion. No, was it the Oceania Sprint? No, it was an ITU Sprint Triathlon Premium Premier. Oceania Cup. The weekend before we had the Oceania Champs. This is the Oceania uh, Cup. Which one's better? Well, this one had a better field. Uh, okay. um, so what, I, the reason I included this is because I know everybody likes to follow the, the Macca. Well, um, I think it's pretty interesting. So though. I think, and he, he certainly lifted his game a bit this week. Uh, his, his big issue has always been the swim, and this week he came out better. So he finished seventh overall. He was one, two, fourth three, Australian. Fourth Australian. Yeah. The guys in front of him, though, aren't really the guys that he needs to be contending with. Um, so Would he be too concerned, Sprint? Well, I think he'll be a lot better over Olympic distance. Yeah, exactly. So, so sprints kind of not to his advantage, is it? Yeah, and it's what quite, distances are they doing? Seven fifty swim, twenty k bike, five k run. <sighs> so when we look at it, you know, he he ran fifteen twenty six. First guy ran fourteen forty one. So he's forty seconds off the pace there. And Laurent Vidal, who won it, is sort of a top five guy. Yeah. So, you know. It's it's not too bad. Um, but the big thing was swim ten twelve. He was uh, he he came out with. He was main pack in the swim, so uh, I think that's the encouraging news for Macca. So, so Sydney's the first big test, so we're going to have another six weeks before then. Mm. Mm. That's going to be make or break time. Really, the Aussie, do or select, die? Aussie selectors will start deciding what they're going to do after that. I think. Do you think? Do you think now that Lance is going to Kona, deep down he goes, "Oh, fuck in the Olympics." Well, he's got time. I think he's yeah, like because he's going to know by what May June. Yeah. Yeah, so he's got time to turn it around. Yes, and if, as you were saying last year, he's going to have a lot of speed, and he's only got to go and hasn't he? He's only got to go validate, I think. Yeah, because it's two years, isn't it? Yeah, so he'd have to go and validate, just trot all, trot all it around. Five the years course. for your validation. One, per- one, one or the other. Yeah, so yeah. I think he's just got to validate. So that would add a bit of it. Yeah, that'd, that'd be great. Bit. You'd have Mackie, you'd have Crow, you'd have Lance. Mm. We're going to Kona this year, by the way, guys. Make sure you donate. <laughs> 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 yeah, the, the other one piece of news: Chrissy Wellington finished third in the Empire States Building run up, and that was actually won by New Zealand Melissa Moon. For she wins it every year, but yeah, doesn't she? She does. Yeah. She's a machine. She's Have like, you done even in a building run before? Oh, you play footsies with <laughs> me. Play footsies. Um, no, I haven't. It'll be bloody hard work. I did it once. Yeah, well, Millie was only price Waterhouse, which is about. So, 
it's not going to be there for much longer. No, I know. But we did it. the problem was, because we went up and down. It was a time trial. Oh, that's hard going down. No, because you grab handles and you just grab. You literally, right. like, on a flight, you do one step. Jump, oh. grab the handles. Boom, boom, boom. But I grazed the crap out of my hands because they had, like, plastered walls. Yeah, yeah. But I won, so I was loving it. Nice. Yeah. So. Uh, Christy Wellington. That's the news. So what's she doing with herself, then? Oh, she's running up and down buildings. And she's doing a lot. We're getting lots of emails from people saying she's doing a promoting Christy. Run with Chrissy. I will do the that at the end. Oh, have you? Yeah. Oh, we'll see. That. Look at that. Sponsor. I thought you did your piece. Oh, I did, but I <laughs> that was a big email from Tim, okay? I didn't read all of it. <laughs> see? It's on yours from Tim. Uh, extreme endurance. So, uh, John Ellis from Muscles Inc. If oh, you're in Christchurch. Good man, John Ellis. Yeah, if you're in Christchurch, you need a massage, go check out musclesinc.co.nz and he does great massages. But he popped around yesterday to drop off something to me. And I said, oh, how's the extreme endurance going? He goes, oh, you know, I wasn't quite sure. I was feeling reasonably good in training, but. The thing you notice is when you don't have it, all of a sudden you're in the crap. Because uh, he uh, he ran, he, he was just running out in January, and he ran out, and he said the big thing he noticed when he did run out for like about a week before his next stock turned up was he wasn't able to bounce back in sessions. I think that's a key thing he said to me. He goes, um, it's always hard to tell whether you uh, you know because it's only a percentage, small percentage increase that you're going to get from any sort of supplement you might take. Um, he said it's quite hard to tell in whether you're improving but he said what he noticed when he wasn't on it was that ability to bounce back mm. so uh, get yourself some extreme endurance and bounce back a little bit quicker remember to use the code I am talk and I had an email from Robin from extreme endurance I said you know what is, I wasn't quite sure what the shipping cost was if you're in New Zealand or Australia and stuff and she said normally when they're shipping um, you know a couple of bottles to New Zealand and Australia it's like 10 to 15 bucks US to ship them across if you get you know two or three at a time and so if you use your I am talk code um, that's sort of going to give you the enough discount to cover whatever the shipping's going to be so well, uh, you know what John on. what we got a bit of an email because was it was it about um extreme juice we're talking about the bottles drink bottles with a little uh thing in it yeah, yeah. Oh, Chris oh Chris oh what did I say Okapa Okapel Okapel sent through an email saying, guys, love your podcast. I'm new to the world of Ironman and have been listening to your cast for the last few months. You guys always help me to get through two, my two-hour commute to and from work every day here in Chicago. But today I heard you guys uh, talking about the springy thing inside the sports bottle found in Extreme Endurance. And I found myself laughing out loud and I had to call my fiance to tell her why I was laughing so hard. These blender bottles, that's what they call John, they're a blender bottle, yeah. have been quite popular in the States for the past few years and can be seen in just about every gym but to hear you guys describing them and being so excited about it <laughs> really made my drive home keep up the great works uh, you inspire me to teach me so much keep spreading the word about Iron Talk you should have helped the brother out over here you, you should have known about these things hanging out in the well, gym well, remember mate we've just got TV in New Zealand yeah <laughs> Springy we don't have the, what, is it, what is it called the blender bottle we don't yeah. have a blender bottle in New Zealand exactly but if you go on extreme endurance and you want to get a bottle you get the blender bottle you don't there just you get a, it's not just a drink bottle John it's a blender bottle. Yeah, it's a blender bottle. So there you go. So go to xendurance.com. There you go. Okay, let's, uh, hot topic of the week. So hot topic of the week. Last week we said give yourself some love on the show or give some love to a, a, a blog basically that's not based on a prose writing. So it's either your own blog or blogs from non-pros about the everyday training and other topics. Tim Gardner, he's got uh, sub17.net. Easy to update when things are going well. Not so good when things are not going so well. 
Mm. Totally. If you put yourself out there, you've got to take the good with the bad. Okay, well, Mike Threshold. Um, no blog for me. I am just not that interesting. <laughs> but I do follow a friend from school who has a good Ironman-related blog, including breaking down the nine-hour barrier last year, his weird obsession with running up and down mountains for fun and getting engaged in Kona. And it is chrisgoodfellow.co.uk. I think we're going to see them all this week, aren't we? Are we? Okay. Uh, I, was, well, I went down to Andy Curtis who said, um, I did write a blog about my journey from zero to Ironman, but I found it was so boring, I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> In Sainsbury of my own, it has been up since 2009, my second season. I have tracked my progress, good and bad, from front row rugby player to Ironman. Now I just keep it ticking over as a place to comment, dump ideas about training, and track a little of my own before I return to Ironman 2012. And his is com. I'll start from the bottom and work my way up. I'll meet you halfway. I have a site, um, Creek. In Plotus. Oh. Good luck with that, man. I'm not even looking at it, but it sounds horrible. <laughs> Creek and Plotter. Where, where are you? Oh. Let me help you out here. There you go. It's on two lines. Creek and Plotter, Strathen, Low World. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you took the rap for me there. <laughs> I'm known for not reading, so. <laughs> triathlon Reviews said uh, timelesstriathlon.com. Tony Hodges got irongirl101.blogspot.com.au. Danny McPhee has got uh, dmcphee.blogspot.com. Well, the Foganator, Belle Fong, she's saying she loves Tony Hodge because Tony Hodge plugged her, plugged her and nice. it's the Foganator.blogspot.com.au. James Botel saying he's got a mate, uh, chrisgoodfellow.co.uk. Is that everyone? Uh, John Fitzgerald, he's blogging to his Ironman New Zealand journey at uh, johntsnz.wordpress.com. Com. Did you check out the Gary Fagan's shit triathlete say? I've seen that before. That's pretty good. Some of it's good. It's, good. It's, it's a whole series of it. Yeah, now. there's one the Gill does. I think Gary said it's Melanie McQuaid. She's an exterior girl. Yeah, that was pretty good. Mm. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. A lot of work goes into making that stuff. Video is hard work. Talking is so much easier. Good for responses, though. Oh, I was going to do a discussion on Lance, but you beat me to it. So, what do you want to talk about? I, was just, I, thought you, I thought yours was a bit weak this week. Yeah, I did as well. But, I mean, <laughs> I put the, uh, if we did the Lance one, that's going to be a okay, week old by the next No, no, here we go. You win a million dollars, you win five million dollars, whatever, and your wife says to you... It's better be triathlon related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not playing. No, 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 you'll be playing, (laughs) you'll be pretty keen. But Linda says to you, you can waste $100,000 on anything triathlon. It can be races you want to do, it can be gear, it can be anything. Mm -hmm. What would you spend your money on? Okay, that's a go. pretty good one, isn't it? It's you better go. than John's one. What's the silliest thing that's ever happened in triathlon? No, what's the cheesiest thing you've seen in an Ironman? We'll save that for next week. Don't get too excited. We'll save it for next week. And it's not disappearing. Classic Ironman talk discussion. $100,000 team, what would you spend it on? There we go. This is week's discussion. Do you want some music? Yep. I guess the music. Hey. Group of the week. And uh, just pulling that up right here, John and Jombo. I decided not to go Ironman this week. I decided to give the Abu Dhabi Triathlon a little bit of love here. Nice, nice. Well, we got an email from the person who you picked. From last week? I think it was. Yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah, they they sent us an email saying, I thought it was the Challenge Wanaka last week you picked. Can't remember. Yep, so you love you. You you love them. And uh, you sent her an email. Can you see this yourself? Because even this is a bit small for me, mate. No, I didn't see. No, I could not see. Anyway, age groups of the week. This week is the first male and female at uh, last year's... Age group. 
Abu Dhabi Triathlon. On the male side, 24. Michael Runs. Now, this is pretty impressive. He was age 24, as Bevan said. He swam 46 minutes. He, yeah, what distance are they doing? Oh, Bevan, I knew about to ask that. I'd say 3K swim. Yeah, 3K, 200K bike, 20K, 20K swim. Run. Yep. 20K run. And he rode 5.24 and he ran 1.10. Wow, that's what was interesting, good. he was 24 minutes faster than any other age grouper. Wow. He was 21st overall, but he did get checked. Still, twenty first overall. Did the guys and girls start at the same time? Don't know. Uh, um, the pros did. So I don't think he would have started with the pros. So he maybe he didn't get checked. Well, he got checked in time. Oh, okay. If you're by, fit by the couple of the, the pro women, but that's uh, to win this age group. Uh, when overall, not just winning this age group, it looked like it was twenty four minutes quicker than anybody. But it's very impressive. Man, imagine that. Because it's not like that race isn't. It's not like you know one of those races where you kind of don't get anyone, but you win the yeah. trophy. Yeah. I, I did bodybuilding once. I think I've told you this. Yeah. In bodybuilding, you turn up, you win. Yeah. Seriously. And Hamish and Andy, have you ever watched Hamish and Andy? No, but I know of them. Yeah. They, well, no, I have watched them a little bit. He, he went into the competition in America, and he was the only one in the category, so he won. What was it, bodybuilding? Yeah. yeah. He didn't know anything more. He just turned up, and he kind of took the piss, and he won trophy. <laughs> That's bodybuilding. <laughs> <laughs> it so is. And, uh, but th- this, this wasn't. No, this wasn't. There was Not for Michael, they, no. They sold, I think they sold out last year. Well, they got oh. very close to selling out. If they well, sell I know out. someone doing it this year, Luke, and he's saying that he, he's just looking so forward to just doing the, the Formula One track. Oh, yeah, it'd be very Cool. Yeah, very cool. Glass, John. I tried to get the old inside word from Ferris to get us over there, but the, yeah. the Abu Dhabi Triathlon team and the Abu Dhabi Triathlon. You drove everyone, don't you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you drove. Where would you drive? I tried it on last week too tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking, I'm too busy, man. I can't get away. <laughs> anyway, um, on the girls' side of things, Christina Jackson, 29 years old. Uh, she was the first female by 11 minutes. She swam oh, wow. 45, um, rode 6.10 and ran 1.35. What, what would you run a 21, a 20K in? A 20K? Well, yeah, it's more or less uh, a half. half marathon minus um, Maybe four, minutes. four, five, six minutes, depending on how quick you go. So, you know, for half marathon, um, so she's 141 sort of pace. Yeah, but for the guy, 110, it's pretty good. It's very impressive. Yeah. yeah. So it's one one fourteen probably. Yeah. Sort of outrun uh, Lance. Well, but it was different conditions. I'm sure Lance sort of dominated. Lance yeah. is the best athlete ever now. Yeah. He's the best athlete ever. So Abu Dhabi's coming up in a couple of weeks' time. I think there's still some slots available, but it looks like it's going to be a good race. And I uh, haven't really seen much about the pro field yet, uh, other than I think I did see Jody Swallows racing. That'll oh, be really? And she's not on Team TBB any longer. No, she left, didn't she? So that could be interesting. She could be one to watch. Can I do my high five? Um, okay. One, two, three, four, high five! Plus five. Oh. Because of 10. Okay, who's sent through? Muscles Inc. Again, this is a oh, Muscles Inc. show. Oh, really? Muscles Inc. Go to massage in Christchurch. Go to musclesinc.co.nz. Okay, so what's it about, John? This is just uh, the 10, ten commandments. shall not. Ten, 10 commandments John Ellis came up with. Okay, here we go. Thou shalt shall train hard and smart. Maybe we should do it like in a godly like voice. Okay, you go, God. Thou shall not offer good advice when asked by novice athletes. Oh, shall offer good advice or not. One may not lie outrageously to one's serious competitors. I'm not going to do I'm just going to do Oh, come on, you're going to do your God voice. <laughs> thou shalt not covet another's training diary or their bicycle. Oh, thou shalt not always lie. Oh, thou shalt always lie about the volume of training one is doing and participate in shameless trash talk. That's a good one. Thou shalt listen to I am talk. Yes, thou shalt not draft. Number seven. But can you do Yoda? Can you do a Yoda voice? I'm not doing Yoda. Oh, come always, on. mate. We did. Oh, oh, the phone. I'm going to have to answer this too. Wait a second. Thou shalt not moan about, yeah. about 
how you can swim, bike, or run faster than single-discipline ath- single athletes when competing against them. Thou shalt earn respect by crushing them at their own sport. I'll do number eight as well. Bevan will be back in a minute. Thou shalt not let anyone pass the. L- <laughs> Thou shalt not let anyone pass in the last ten meters of a race, thus buggering up one's finish photo. I'm back. Number nine. Number nine. Thou shalt not race each other as if it was your last ever. Or thou shalt race each other as if it was your last ever. Or to sum up, race hard. There is no such thing as training. Race. Thy slacker. Uh, thy slacker. If one pays money to enter, it is a race. Number 10, thou shalt kick back post-race, chill out, and talk tripe with one's fellow competitors. Here we go. You want to add to that, John? Ten commandments? No, I haven't given this a lot of thought. No, neither really. John Ellis has. John Ellis did, because he wrote, when did he give this to you? Uh, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. I like it when people put time into this stuff. Yes. We got another high five the other day, didn't we? I think we probably did. <laughs> probably did. <laughs> he didn't even. And John's racing Ironman New Zealand. Is he? He's mm. making the comeback, is he? They come back. What's he hoping to do? I think he had visions. Oh, he was saying he had visions, <laughs> and those visions are just, he's now getting a little more realistic. That's the problem when you've, when you've been a bit of a past athlete, isn't it? Because when you first start out, you're willing to, and you're young, you don't have family, you know, you can be selfish. So you give everything you've got to your sport, and you, you know, and your progress heaps, and then you get to your, your peak moment, and then you go, okay, now I want some time off, and some of the things, and you get married, and kids, and all the rest of it. And then you always go, I'm coming back. And you think you're going to come back like you were before you had all those other things, don't you? But no. And, but no. And then day one, day one, you go out to training and your wife rings halfway through a session, I need you home now, the kids are crying. And yeah. life changes. It does. Life changes. Mom. I'm looking forward to, if you have kids one day, a couple of kids. I've got a kid. Yeah, I know you've got a kid. Yeah. <laughs> have a couple. <laughs> See how things go. I had my mates around last night, the other night for a barbecue on Sunday night. I said the night. And my mate Jeff, he's just got into, I think I've been talking about him a little bit, he's just got into cycling. And he goes, oh, what have you been up to today? And I said, oh, you know, I got up to hit the runners and then I went for a run, played my piano, had a piano lesson, came home, um, mucked around a little bit, had a bit of sleep. And he goes, you haven't got kids, have you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, then I thought, that's a really good reason not to have kids. I, I like my life. Lose your life. <laughs> Sponsor. Athlinks.com. So I pulled up, um, let's have a look through some results. And if you pull up, one of the cool things you do, you pull up any result on Athlinks. Um, so if you go to a race, so I'm looking here at Ironman Western Australia from 2011. The good thing is they, they give their Athlinks um, athletes a bit of love. So top member last year was Alistair Knox in 904 East Coast. Alistair was the first guy I ever coached. Oh, really? And, we yeah. obviously were, John. Yeah, 904. Still trying to break that 904. When you first coached, were you a bit nervous? Did oh, yeah. you over prepare and, you know, a program took you like five hours? Yeah. So I saw him down in Wanaka and he, um, he got like three, three punches or something in Wanaka in the first 50k or something. Uh, so he, but he did 904, nine very impressive. And on gee, the girls' side, smoking. What, what, what yeah. did he get overall? Do you know? Um, well, he was first age grouper wow. and he was first athletics finisher. That's smoking. And Mandy Gordon in 1310 was the first athletics finisher. That's faster than well. me, this wine. I know. I did 905. Lives in Maui. Kiwi living in Maui. Oh, really? Did, mm. it, did we meet him in Kona? Yes, I think we did. Yeah, yeah. when we were on the, we were on the yeah. run course. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the other thing was what's cool I didn't notice this before is they have a little graph if you again we're looking at the overall results here for Ironman Western Australia and if you hover your mouse over each age group it'll tell you the average time and the number of participants in each age group so I'm, I'm liking it so if you're 35 to 39 the average time was 12 hours 09.20 and there was 188 participants in that category there you go. and let's say Alistair is that age group I don't know if he is do you think he would be? Uh, Alistair would yeah, I think he probably would be. Yep, so Alistair was actually the number one of those participants. And he was three hours and five, four minutes in front of him. So then, the, then the average. Then the average. Then the 
Average, not, yeah, so he's smoked. I would have thought it'd be a bit quicker than that in Australia. It's a fast course. I mean, we're still Yeah, but averages always get screwed up by the people who are slow, don't they? Mm. It's like when you go for a hill ride, your average speed just, even though you go downhill fast, it doesn't make up for it, does it? It does. So, one other thing, I saw the Philinator. He's updated uh, one of his Athlinks results and he flicked it through to Facebook. So, I didn't see it on, on Athlinks, but I saw it on Facebook. So, make sure you do that. How'd he go? Um, what races are you doing? I think it was an, an old result. So oh. make sure, update your things, just hook it up to your Facebook thing and then you can publish to Facebook and then you can show off to all your non-triathlon friends and they'll think you're amazing. Yeah, and it's just cool because it's just cool because it's a really great place to keep all your stuff and it's there forever, ever, forever, ever, ever, forever, ever. So uh, com, guys, check it out. We've got an interview now with Hamish Taylor. Okay, here's Hamish Taylor and you'll hear all about him right now. Oh, wait a second, not right now. I need to push a pause. Here we go, right now. Righty-ho, as I said in our intro earlier on today, um, so we have a man on the show today who's got a bit of epicamp-itis. Epicamp-itis, has got a ring to it. Don't know whether he got inspired by that or not, but he's done a few nut-bar things in his time. <laughs> nice. And, and one of those was uh, was a fairly recent ride from Auckland to, to Wanaka, which is around about 1,500 kilometres, so you know, getting up towards just under 1,000 miles for you guys that don't know you, don't know your case. And it's uh, it's not easy terrain. You've got a bit of up and down. You've got the New Zealand chip to deal with, and then he polished that off with doing the Challenge Wanaka Iron Distance As you do. As yeah. you do. So uh, his name's Hamish Taylor, so welcome along to the show, Hamish. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Um, we had your, one of your colleagues up there, Bevan on there, shame about his name last week, um, McKinnon, and uh, he sort of sent in an email to tell us a bit about you, and you know, you've done a few of these things now, he also said you rode uh, Auckland to Wellington over four days, which is, uh, which is a big ride, and you were doing, you know, doing that for fundraising for Down Syndrome, and uh, you also rode solo down to, or you've ridden down to Taupo in two days, which is a big ride, and then did a half Ironman, so what's brought on this madness? Um... It, it kind of has its origins going back a couple of years ago now, and a good mate of mine, Mad Dog, who's an Ironman junkie as well, um, we basically figured out that uh, we could uh, start riding long distances, and the further we rode, the more pies we got to eat, so we called them pie runs. <laughs> and uh, the, the, that kind of culminated in um, oh, weekend junkets away and that kind of thing, but then Mad Dog got told last year that uh, he had the hip of a 90-year-old and that he needed a major operation and wasn't going to do anything, uh, be allowed to do anything anymore. Wow. Um, so he went through the operation and came through that all right, and so that's how uh, the Great Line Charity Ride came about last year, so that was the Auckland to Wellington Ride. Yeah. Um, so we knocked that off in four days, and uh, Mad Dog managed to get us all together and raised about fifty odd thousand for the New Zealand Down Syndrome Association. So that was wow. just a fantastic ride and a fantastic cause. Um, and then once I'd got through that, I got a bit of a taste for the long distance stuff, and I knew that my coach Bevan McKinnon was going down to Wanaka, and the fitter guys were the coaching partner down there, and that they had a good crew. And I thought oh, I wouldn't mind going down and racing Wanaka. But um, I'd also heard about your epic camp exploits and those kind of things, and I thought, well, maybe I should just make this a bit more interesting and uh, see if I could uh, potentially ride down there. Um, and that brought on the, the ride to uh, the Taupo Half Ironman, so I went down there and rode down in a couple of days and then did the half down there. Uh, after I did that, I wasn't too sure whether it was feasible to ride down to the South Island and do Wanaka. Uh, but um, just in the end, decided to do it. 
made a decision, went ahead and just uh, jumped on the pushy and rode on my way down there. So, so you know, like, you know, like if Epic Camp, you do have the luxury of having support crews and, you know, it kind of the thinking's done for you. Yeah. You know, when you sit down, you kind of think, okay, well, A, I've got to get an Ironman done at the end of this, but B, I've got to logistically got to make it work. What are some of the things that maybe some other mad people who are listening to this right now, well, maybe some, what are some tips that you can give out to make sure you can be successful in doing that? I think it's kind of like Iron Man. It's like once you've made the decision, don't overcomplicate it too much. I basically sat down with a mat, figured out roughly I wanted to ride about 170k a day, um, figured out where I needed to stay, and then just did it, really. Um, Go on kind of bare basics. Uh, I literally threw a backpack on my back and jumped on the push bike and went completely unsolo from Auckland to Wellington. Um, and then I had my wife fly into Wellington and uh, she and our stepdaughter picked up a rental car and they kind of followed me down the South Island, but they went off and did their sightseeing, but um, I just kind of continued riding my bike. Um, but the upside of it all is that, you know, make the decision and just do it. What, 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 like, what were the hardest bits then? You know, because like like an Epic Camp, I've done Epic Camp a few times, and so, you know, but there is that whole bang around of people, whereas solo missions are a totally different world. So what were some of the challenges that maybe you weren't expecting going into it? Um, there were a few classic moments. <laughs> About 60k out of Auckland, I did two spokes on my rear tyre. So um, I kind of rode through to Cambridge, and I knew there was a good bike shop in Cambridge, so the guys were good enough the next morning to do my bike first thing. And then about 80k out of Cambridge, the spokes on the other side of the wheel went. So oh. I just thought, stuff it, I'm just going to ride through to Wellington on this. <laughs> so I kind of thought, maybe I should have learned how to re-spoke a wheel or carry a few spare spokes and maybe carry a chain tool and those kind of things. <laughs> but uh, I kind of figured I had a, a mobile phone and a visa card, and if anything went horribly wrong, I'd just have to buy my way out of the situation or get through to the next town or whatever. Mm. But um, I think being on your own, it allows you to go at your own pace. It makes it all the more kind of rewarding and uh, challenging. Um, mm. Simple things like, uh, because I was doing the Ironman at the end of it, I figured I should probably do a couple of swims and a couple of runs on the way down. And uh, after a day's riding, you'd have to check yourself into your backpack as wherever you're staying and then get yourself to the pool and get yourself some food afterwards and get yourself home and into bed. So, yeah. What about, um, you know, you, obviously you've done some of these for fundraising. Obviously the Wanaka yep. one was, uh, was a, you know, obviously a bit of an epic challenge. Yep. Is, is any of this leading on to, you know, are you racing Ironman New Zealand and viewing some of these as training sessions or are you doing them as, as a challenge that sort of stands in front of you? Um, more just the challenge that stands in front of us. Um, the, the charity aspect with the Great Lion Charity Ride kind of opened um, uh, opened things up for us and we would definitely do some more fundraising. It just adds a different aspect to the whole adventure of it all. Um, I have to say, though, that uh, having ridden down to Monica and then completed the Ironman, that kind of opened my eyes to um, what level of fitness the fast guys must get to with your kind of 30-hour training weeks. Mm. Um, it definitely wasn't I and I'd obviously never been so fit, and while I wasn't going particularly fast at the Ironman, there was more to do with the fatigue of my legs. Mm. Um, I managed to get off the bike and run okay, and that was without hardly any run training or swim training and that kind of carry-on leading up to it. So, yeah, I can kind of see where the, the fast guys get to with... Um, Good long distance training. Um, not too sure that's feasible for me going forward, but uh, it was just a real eye-opener from that aspect as well. Was it also it was a little bit frustrating as well because you kind of got to Wanaka in that fatigue state. Do you kind of wish maybe you'd done it a week earlier or you know maybe three <laughs> weeks earlier so that you could have actually had 
you know what I mean? Like you kind of build this base fitness, which is really amazing, yeah. but you're kind of so fatigued you don't get to the advantage of that. <laughs> yeah, so maybe in the, maybe going forward, I'll get my coach maybe to put a couple of big cycling box in for me now. Uh, cycling's my kind of weakest leg. Um, Evan McKinnon, my coach, was kind of joking that maybe he'll just enter me in, uh, in Ironman now and drop me at the other side of the country, wherever that means, maybe, <laughs> and make me ride across <laughs> until I line up. So it could be something to do, but yeah. But I think, I guess one thing for you, I think I read that you had your fastest ever run split in Wanaka. Yeah, and that was just a real eye-opener. I, I got off the bike and I ran well, and um, that's what Bevan was saying, you know, the whole, I mean, there's various of um, kind of coaching philosophies floating around, but the whole kind of lots of distance, low um, kind of intensity stuff um, kind of shows you how if you can build your aerobic base. Uh, and pace the bike well for once. I had to really back off on the bike because my quads were so shot from riding down there. But um, I got off and I just really, really ran well. So it was a really good outcome, actually. Um, what other things have you got planned? Because um, Bevan was saying you've got, uh, you know, you're looking to set up a little bit of a club up there for like-minded yeah. uh, nut bars. <laughs> we are going to be a nut bar club called the Network Incorporated. So uh, we're just finalising the documents this week for that, and we hope uh, that'll be launched by Ironman New Zealand. Um, so the network will be up and running. Um, it's going to be a club uh, with a few different aspects. Poor nut bars to get together and do long distance stuff, whether you bike, swim or run, doesn't really matter. Um, uh, Bevan McKinnon and the fitter guys are also hoping to start maybe focusing on some of the um, youth academy aspects and get some, some of the kids into the sport. And uh, myself and Matt, I will also kind of use it as a base to um, get more charity kind of aspects up and running. So, yeah, we're all looking forward to that. We're just getting, uh, we'll have the club incorporated this week and then we'll get on to um, try and get, and get affiliated with them so it's all legit and, and up and running. Um, hey, Michelle, have you done Ironman before? Was that your first Ironman? No, I've done actually a few of them. So I've been lucky. I've been in the sport now for five years. Absolutely love it. Have an amazing wife who, you know, doesn't, doesn't, about what I do and she's behind me so um, I think that was nearly number 10 for me so uh, oh, okay. way to do number 10 so then you know like you know you know the experience of finishing an Ironman the adversity and the reward of that kind of finish line yeah. did, was it a lot better because of the, the, the experience you went through going into Wanaka uh, I was the, the reason why I didn't actually tell many people what I was doing in fact I didn't really tell anybody to the scene was I, I was really quite unsure whether I could literally jump on a bike ride down there and do an Ironman and uh, even during the course of the ride, it probably wasn't until about day six or seven, I thought, yeah, I think I'll get down there. And once I got down there, I thought, no, I think I'll get through the eye, man. And uh, coming, coming down the finishing shoot, having run my best ever marathon was just a really amazing feeling, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't an easy day either. I mean, that, no, run, that yeah. run course is, uh, is, is tough going. And interestingly, <laughs> how'd you go? It wasn't helping anybody. <laughs> no. Interestingly, though, Challenge Wanaka, they've, uh, they've changed the bike, changed course. The bike yeah. course. Two laps of the, the, the half um, I see today. That's going to be uh, it's gonna be a good day at the office. One other thing we were just talking about before um, before we started the interview was your sort of setup you've got for yourself. And um, maybe tell us a bit about this because you made a what seems like a good, uh, a good lifestyle choice. Yeah, look, um, I got into the sport about five or six years ago, uh, done one or two Ironman, and then um, it really struck me that it was an amazing sport, but I ha- I've got a, a family, and I had to work, and I had a few other, uh, I love to surf and all that kind of stuff, and it was like, uh, what was important to me it was getting some kind of lifestyle balance and something had to give, and I decided the job should give. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm one of the few part-time lawyers going around town, 
um, took the pay cut and then just got on with enjoying Ironman, enjoying the family and um, enjoying life really, yeah. Can I, can I ask around this? Because, you know, like I'm sure there's a lot of guys listening to this who right now would just dream of being able to have the, the guts to do what you did, you know, and, and yeah. I imagine right now you go, oh, it's such an easy choice to make. But, <laughs> you know, at the top- I still remember the day when I had to walk down the hallway to my boss's office going, I'm going to do this, I'm going to yeah, do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what was, you know, like, and, and not just, you know, going into your boss and saying that, but also yeah. taking a pay cut, you know, like I imagine yeah. there were significant, you know, compromises in making that life choice. What, what was hard about it and what made you successful in doing it? Um, the hardest thing, it's kind of like, it comes always back to, you know, when people enter an Ironman, people ask them, why do they do it? It's kind of one of those decisions you just make and then you get on with it. Um, once you've made the decision and once I've walked into the boss's office and said, look, this is what I want to do, they were quite accepting of that. Um, and my wife, as I said, is 100% behind me and the lifestyle we get to lead now is just fantastic. Um, we're both home kind of around... Uh, one two o'clock in the afternoon I get to train we get to see the kids when they come home so mm. just you know it always comes back to that thing make a decision get on with it uh, we don't base everything around our life on, on monetary gain mm. um, I don't get to ride the, the flashiest bike or buy a flash bike every year or so but I get to travel get to do I'm in overseas um, it's just a really good lifestyle mm, sounds like a pretty yeah. awesome choice yeah Oh, anybody up uh, Auckland Way, if you want to get in touch with these guys, I'm sure uh, you'll be able to do it through fitter.co.nz and you'll, I'm sure you'll hit, we'll maybe chuck it up on Facebook when we hear about when you finally got the, the network sort of officially yeah, up and running. Yeah, coming along, so yeah. Mm. Awesome. Well, thanks. For you. Uh, any races this season? You got anything else planned? The wife has banned us from going back to Ironman New Zealand because of the rain of last year, so we're going to be getting over to Australia. Oh, nice. <laughs> so we're going to be racing uh, Ironman, uh, Ironman Australia and uh, Western Oz as well, so we get the two Ironman races in this oh, year. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Should enter the pro division the amount of races you're doing. Yeah, you better yeah. take a lance. <laughs> well, it's cheaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> it has been talked about, but I'm just not that fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I wonder what, what is the criteria? Do you have to prove results? Well, it's diff- it varies a lot from country to country. Mm. So yeah. in New Zealand, it's not particularly clear. Yeah, it's not yeah. clear, mate. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It has, it has been raised by the coach, but I can, think I need to go under 10 hours or so before I do that. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I oh, would fully respect um, for, you know, right, uh, having ridden that distance on the New Zealand roads and, and not done an iron distance race um, at the end it's uh, yeah. pretty impressive stuff and to do it solo is even more impressive yeah, amazing so effort. nice work that was a good time and I've got to say too I love your guys work and you know riding down the uh, length of the country gives you plenty of time to listen to podcasts uh, listening to like Aaron Baker when I was going up past pass in the pouring rain was just uh, it was quite a piece of gold actually so, oh nice um, yeah Cool. And the other one I should actually chuck in there too for you guys, um, obviously Extreme Endurance, you yeah, push on the show. Um, yep. I have to say that uh, Bevan McKinnon, my coach, kind of said, yeah, try a few of these before you went uh, and uh, on the way down. And um, I was basically, I wouldn't recommend this to everybody, but my staple diet on the ride was a couple of pies a day, a couple of high-energy drinks and uh, Extreme Endurance. <laughs> it went well, so... There you go. <laughs> See, it's the reminiscence. We won't promote the pie so much, but we'll definitely no, go for no, extreme no, endurance. I think I could uh, recommend and highly recommend extreme endurance now, yeah. Cool. Oh, great. Awesome. Hey, well, thanks for your time, mate. Thank no you very problem. much. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Your good work. Cheers. Catch up. Sweet. Website of the week. I did like how Hamish made that lifestyle choice. Oh, yeah, it's impressive. Yeah, that's really cool, eh? You know, because it's like, 
it takes guts to move away from money. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how rich Hamish was or anything, but you know, like we do get a level of comfort from finances in our life, and it's a really hard thing to pull away from it. But to actually have the the, the foresight to go, actually, my life's going to be better by making this big thing. And then, because, you know, our sports stuff is relationship-wise. Yeah. To have the guts to do that, I think. Well, it's good on his business for accepting him to do that Yeah, we're well. good at what he does. Yes. And, and everyone who does IMNR. Hmm. Exactly. Yeah, website of the week, John, what is it? Brought to you by SLS Try. Use Ooh. the code IMTALK for 25% off and you'll get yourself a good deal. Um, I got this, this website sent through to me um, from a sports scientist and he says, you know, have a, have a look at this. And uh, it's on. It's a, just an article on bicycling.com and it's from the guys at Massachusetts Institute of Technology's Centre for Sports Innovation and Technology. Jesus, who came up with that name? Some geek. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and these guys um, did some did some wind test, test wind tunnel testing with uh, Cervelo, and and they did say this article is called Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, so that's why I said some geek. Yeah, yeah. and they they were what they were really looking into um, quite a bit was was a team triumph trial and how you can you know ride the team triumph. Oh, so they're actually talking about when you've got a, a line of guys riding together. Yeah, not and necessarily. I mean, this is, the article had some good general points, but that's what they were trying to look at with the the Cervelo team is to try to make them um, more efficient. They had guys like Ivan Basso in there as well. But one thing that really sprung what out. What happened to Basso? Oh, he's still plugging along. Did he get done? Yes. Yeah, he did. I thought he yeah, did. Yeah, yeah, did yeah. Okay. Um, one thing that I found interesting in here, and sometimes you know, we think aero helmet, non-aero helmet. This guy, um, Mark Coat, uh, says, most people don't realise that a non-aero helmet creates four times the drag of a non-aero wheel set. So you can spend Wait two... Wait a second, do it again. Non-aero helmet, so if you're just wearing a normal helmet... Yeah, has four times more drag if you than if you were than to a have a normal wheel than a non-aero wheel set. So you're actually better off getting an aero helmet than wheels. Yes. Oh, really? So so you can spend two thousand dollars on a wheel set, or you spend two hundred on a helmet, and you'll be faster. Really? Now, but uh, it's a bit cool. It's a big cool, John. Yeah. Because I don't think I've ever heard that one before. No. Um, also, it goes on how you put your race number on matters more than having an aero wheel. Um, today we glued our numbers on to get them to fit flatter. So thinking about what you're doing with your race number is is really important. This really is revenge in this, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Then there's water bottle placement on the round tubed frame. Having a bottle on your seat tube is more aerodynamic than not having one at all, and it's much more aero. Oh, so it's actually better to have a water bottle than not have a water bottle. Yeah. Wow. And it's much more aero than putting it on the down tube. And wearing gloves in a time trial will slow you down more because it creates the wind resistance. Yeah. Than using a non-aero front wheel. Really? So, um, um, so what? Don't spend was, money that, on wheels. Well, spend money on an aero helmet by the start of it. Don't wear gloves. And do you do, wear gloves? No, not in a race. But, but uh, only on on epic camp and things like that when I'm doing multi-day stuff. Yep. Um, so I think the thing is, look at an aero helmet. We should have an aero helmet sponsor yeah. <laughs> after this. Yeah. And um, most people have probably already, a lot of people have already got race wheels. Yeah, have a think about your race number. The downfall of this argument, and I'm going to probably revenge the nerds to the nerds, is that the aero helmet's a great thing if you can keep your head still the whole time. Well, I think there's a bit of an argument out there that you don't necessarily have to these oh, days. Really? We had that on at one stage as well. Is we always had that argument if you don't hold that position. Yeah, if you're poking your head around all the time, yeah, it's kind of but I, I don't think that, that necessarily holds. So maybe somebody can send us an article on that as well. I think someone may have, and they told us off because mm. we put wrong advice out there. Yes, it was also about the putting the bikes on the wind trainers as well. That's what it was. Yes, mm. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's right. So Bevan's going to put a link up on the website. Yes, I so am. It's, it's only like a one page article, which is that was the main thing that jumped out of me. I find it really interesting, but because you know, like, wow, you think this article would be bigger? 
if this really was the fact, you know, you know what, don't get wheels, get here. Or the wheel well, companies. you want to get both, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna, most people are going to get both. But I think the fact is... But if you're, if you're someone with a limited budget, you're going to go, well, let's get the Euro helmet, worry about the wheels later. Mm. Mm. cool. How anal do you need to be, John? Depends how big your budget is, isn't it? Uh, mm. Well, good, good question this week then, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. Uh, so, SLS try. Um, I, full leg sleeves. They've got some funky ones on there. Now, full leg sleeves, these aren't pants. These no, are just, so these are basically like your full leg. Like, like a yeah. um, arm warmer that you put on your legs. Yeah, so leg, leg, like leg warmers for the bike. Um, they're seamless and very thin. That's a cool thing about... Do they go to your knees or right up to your hip? No, all the way. Yeah, oh, yeah. really? But, well, you know... They, they, they imagine, can, imagine if you walked around home with just those on. They're like, they're, they're, they look like <laughs> leg warmers, but they've got a funky design on them because I've got the um, the calf sleeve version of them and, uh, and they've got yet. some funky designs, so they're not just not just black. So they're seamless, so that's a cool thing. And then they've got 20 to 30 milligram. Millig- Grams of compression, um, great for cycling when it's a little bit colder outside or as a recovery tool. Well, also great for cycling when you're not sure about the weather. Mm. And that's probably where it's really great because, you know, you go out and it's, and it's really cold and then two hours later, and you, you know, we ride for so long, it gets really hot so you can just quickly whip them off and, you know, or then it turns bad, you know, like it's, it's exactly. the options, don't you, John? Free shipping in the US, they're only 79 bucks US. Wait a second, no they're not John Yeah, minus 25% yeah. <laughs> So they're like 60 bucks US or so Free shipping if you're in the US Bevan's playing footsies More with footsie, me again yep, um, So get yourself a good deal Use the code IAMTALK Go to slstry.com Sorry about the cable I'm stepping on my cable Stepping on the cable <laughs> You okay now? Yep, I'm good yep. Go slstry.com No, slstry.com Try.com I'm on the website right there John Yeah Funky shorts Go to compression I like they're light blue compression. They're probably for chicks, but they're quite cool. Well, there you go. <laughs> Just, uh, there you go. Anyway, oh, Chris McDonald's on there. Yeah. Oh, Pete Vercruisic's on there. If Chris McDonald wears them, they must be they good. They must be good. There we go. Has he retired lately? <laughs> <laughs> you don't say that. <laughs> years ago, a couple of years ago, we thought... We did just we, he went we race for a bit, And he was doing some work for um I'm for Man. Man video stuff. So we put two and two together and decided he retired and announced it on the show. He wasn't happy. <laughs> and fair enough, too. We, he we, hasn't retired. We stuffed up. And he's actually he's doing really well because he races again, isn't he? And, he? and I think he had yeah. to win. So yeah. he's doing great. He's not retiring. He's going to be breastfed for 25 years, John. There you go. Questions and answers. Stephanie's got some training advice. John Massage. I've been running for several years, but only recently started swimming and biking about a year ago. I'm about to begin training for a marathon, and I wondered how to balance marathon training, swimming, and biking. Specifically, I'm concerned that if I stop swimming and biking for four months, I will lose all the gains I've made in those disciplines over the past year. On the other hand, I know from previous experience that marathon training is exhausting and I don't want to try to add swimming and biking on top of a marathon plan and end up overtraining. Any thoughts on how to keep swimming and biking in my routine without hurting my training, running training? I think most people don't have the ability to run too much because they end up getting injured. You know, yeah. So I think for, for, for most triathletes to go, right, I want to do a marathon. If you go and look at a marathon training program and you, you, know, you want to run – I don't know, 80 miles a week or something like that, you're just going to end up injured. So I think the triathlon training can actually be quite complementary to your running. So I'd suggest you don't totally stop um, your swimming and cycling, but really take it down a couple of notches. You know, if you can be swimming once or twice a week, just doing nice, easy recovery week, you work, you'll keep your feel for, your feel for the water. It'll probably act as quite a good recovery session, you know, so not going in there and smashing it, and, um, and you'll sort of keep your hand in the game. If you have 
when you have total blockouts of uh, of swimming and biking or whatever you might do, that's when you do you do actually start going backwards a bit, and it's a bit harder to go to get it back. But if you do just a little bit, one or two sessions would be great. Likewise with your biking, I think if you can be aiming for just one ride a week, and often I say to guys, doing that on Monday is quite good because typically you're going to be doing your long weekend, run yeah. on Sunday, and then so Monday you're probably not going to be able to get a massively effective run in. So maybe having a bike on Monday, and then if you can do any commuting or anything like that as well just to supplement that again that'll act as a bit of recovery mechanism it'll give you uh, a little bit of extra training and it'll just keep you cycling up so i'd say that'd be the best approach to go for i think the other thing as well is if if you're you're using this marathon to become a better triathlete you've got to create different expectations around what you have from running so you you say you come from a running history so you may have done some marathons in the past and you might say for example you know you do a three and a half marathon which is kind of really you know and but if you're trying to be a triathlete you're not really going to the objective of trying to do your best marathon time i'm I'm keeping my feet flat on the ground now (laughs) he is after me today he's loving it (laughs) i'm actually rubbing his leg now but um stop it (laughs) but so you know so the expectations change around what the objective of of the performance is and you go okay well if I'm trying to go have a great you know half or full Ironman next year well then what's the best thing I can do for my training and to keep some swim biking is, is, is actually better for your training so then well what realistically can I do based on the amount of time I can commit to, commit to running in that time and you might actually say well you know although I've done a three and a half hour marathon in the past maybe a four or three forty five is a better goal right now and you'll train more specifically to that with the outcome Long term, being a better triathlete. There you go. Bridget's coming along. She's saying, Coach's Corner, swim warm up. So I have a question around swim warm ups prior to races. I'm not sure if you have covered this on previous, and I don't think we have. Not in detail? No. So, anyways, my swim squad coach told our group it was important to warm up four races and suggested doing it two times 100 easy, 100 hard, and then two times 100, two t- sorry, then 200 flat out hard. And then 200 easy. So a total of 800 meter swim warm up. Being one that never swims before a race, I thought, crikey, doing all that before a half Ironman or Ironman would uh, make the swim portion of the race event each really long. So I was wondering, how long should you swim to warm up prior to an Ironman or a half? What would be swim coach's recommendations? Uh, what sorry, would our swim coach recommendations be more applicable to a sprint or Olympic type of triathlon? How intense should we make our warm ups? And any other general tips for warming up? So I, th- I think this is is more you know, suited to a sprint or an Olympic distance race. But even then, I would you certainly it's it's not a bad thing to be doing some hard stuff in there. But a, but to do a two hundred flat out, I think um, you're probably going to be burning a few matches that you might want to save for the race. Yeah. But some people do fall into the trap of if they're warming up for, and say this is a running race as well, of, of not doing enough hard, hard enough stuff. If you watch guys, you know, say Tour de France guys doing a warm up for a time trial, they are going, they're doing some hard work in their warm up, and they've got a really good sweat going. So I think if you're doing a short course race, don't be afraid to do a reasonable warm up, um, especially for a sprint, because you've got to get going pretty quickly in that sprint. So doing some harder stuff, but I would say uh, 800 meters or so. Perfectly fine to do that amount, but instead of doing, say, a, a 200 flat out, you know, I'd probably break that more into sort of 50 metre efforts rather than a 200. Um, and But you want to do it as close to the start as you can, so you're on the start line, you're not cold, you've got a nice little buzz going, and you can go, boom, straight off the line. All this depends on your expectations for the race. If you're a speedy guy, really, really um, important. If you want to get off the line fast and the swim's going to be critical for you. If you're just somebody who's out there to complete the distance, 
it's not so it's not such a big deal obviously for those type of people it's much more important just to be able to get in the water and get used to it um, get your breathing under control so when the gun goes off and you get a bit of smack in the face and stuff you're not going to go into any sort of panic attack but I do would say that from um, when we were in Kona this year we I, well, I was commenting to Bevan that I was quite amazed at the, the lack of warm up some of the, yeah. the pros were doing because I well, in the end it didn't really matter I thought the swim was going to be critical because of the smaller field so if you're an elite guy and getting into one of those bunches out of the swim um, is Especially important. at start when it's really aggressive. Yeah, and yeah. For, for the age group guys, you know, I'd be interested to hear what the likes of Albert and Marky P and guys like that do for their warm-up because those guys, you know, it makes quite a big difference uh, if, you get into, if you miss the front pack for an age grouper. Um, if you're going for, going for broke, quite important that you do a reasonable warm-up. Well, one thing you do as well is you often do a bit of a light run before the swim, don't you? Yeah, but, but, the, but the, the purpose of the, the light run for me is not really... It's more nerves. It's more, more nerves just to get the hell out of the, the whole transition area, just go for a little jog, just to relax. You're not looking to, to really warm up or, or, um, and you're not going to burn a lot of energy by just going for a, for a gentle jog. For, for a um, sprint distance or something like that, I'd be more, more looking at doing some plyometric exercises, some running, some, some strides, maybe some one-minute efforts. But again, you know, if I was going to a sprint distance race, and again, for the guys that are really looking to go fast, you do need to do a fair amount of warm-up, and you're only out there for an hour. You've got an, hour, an hour's worth of energy. Yeah, and in the sprint distance, there's small critical moments out there where you've mm. got to be ready for the top end, and it can hit you right from the start, can't it? And I guess what you've all got to factor in with this is uh, – Fantastic! We can have this wonderful warm-up plan, but what you've really got to look into is: Are you allowed to do the warm-up? You know, a lot of events you can't do a swim warm-up and, and of any description. And, and you know, as much as I'm not the best planner when it comes to races myself, having a bit of planning around your morning because the thing is, what happens is you turn up to the race and suddenly, you know, you've kind of been there all week and it seems quiet, and you turn up and there's two thousand people there and you don't know where to go and you don't know where to put your bag and suddenly, you know, you're, you're meant to be going for your warm-up, but you can't get your wetsuit on. You know that. Oh, there's all these little things that you you can't really plan for, eh? No. And so even if you know if you do know that in advance, try to get there in a little bit earlier on race morning so that you can get in the water, you know, ten fifteen minutes before the race, have a bit of a warm up, and be ready to go. And thinking about yeah, so if you can't do an uh, an in water warm up, thinking about your dry land warm up, um, and that's when you probably start to bring in a bit more plyometric exercises, you start to bring in a bit more arm circles. So for example, when we had the the race up in Auckland, um, our New Zealand team selection race. There was no warm up. There was like literally you had to jump in and you had thirty seconds to so what'd you get do in place. So then you've got to do arm circles and things like that. Do a more of a running based warm up, getting your body warmed up. It's not quite as specific as you like. It's the same for everybody, but then doing some pretty aggressive arm circles. But even then, you know, you you box into this little area, I have to sort of push my way out and, and so I just got an space. email coming from James Botel. This is a live email, it's live. Oh live. Aunt's lost twenty seconds in transition one. Okay, well there you go. So you go, well, sharpen up your transitions. Huh? So maybe you come talk to me. I'll give him a yeah, there we go. I'll charge him a million bucks to teach him how to do transitions. There you go. <laughs> then you can train 40 hours a week. Yeah, that's, Sweet. that's right. So there you go. So warm-ups, important for short course. Um, for, for long course, you know, you need to be getting relaxed. Um, for, for most of you guys out there, getting used to being in the water, don't need to do too much hard stuff, but make sure you do your research into what sort of warm-up you can actually do on the day. Water was 26 degrees. I think it was very hot. That over That's there. pretty hot water. Twenty six. Yeah. It's smoking hot. Yeah. Anything else, James? Got here? Um, it looked like there was. Uh, people were saying when they finished, massive crowds. And I did note when when Bevan and Lance came down the line, it looked like there was people everywhere. Yeah. And by the time um, the first girl came down, like there was still people in the finishing shoot, but like most people had departed. Yeah. Very good. Sorry, just got distracted. Um, Tim Hemming from the Sun. 
is it the sun? It's the sun, isn't it? Yep. It is. From the sun, because it's the sun.co.uk. And uh, he just sent through a big update. John, what do you want to talk about here? Because he's given us a few I'm just going to highlight here. He says, uh, Chrissy Wellington is doing a run with her fans on February 26th in Richmond Park, London. Um, money to the Sunday Jane Tomlinson appeal. Um, runwithchrissy.com. Um, Great. And the rest is just about Richmond Park, lovely place that it is. That's where all the people bike around in London. Ten, about an eight ten k loop. Um, there's also he's also mentioned about a freespeed.co.uk slash twenty twelve slash zero two slash new. Oh, I could put a link on their website. Dash twenty twelve, but it's actually a little collection of um, age groupers. Age groupers. So uh, Mike Molloy. Mike Molloy. Yeah, 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 he yeah. Was, yeah. He's on there. So I think this might start to crop up a, a bit more, and I think it's a really good idea for for for, for top little age groupers if you've got your little group you can probably set yourself up a nice little team and offer something to a sponsor and yeah. you know if you a couple of you got a, a couple of blogs and stuff yeah. like that yeah you're not going to make money but you could all get a fancy outfit and you know what if you get cheap gear it helps yeah. for the sport doesn't it totally um, some, and, and you're saying helmet on there yeah Aero helmet, yeah. John's thinking about, heard right about it from us. Yeah, we've got Team IM Talk starting next week. Yeah. John and I. Um, team Not Andy's. a silly idea, Bevan. <laughs> team Not IM a talk. silly idea. Okay, I have to get out such training. Stay safe. And he's just saying that the Times have been doing this great thing about bike safety in the UK, which is obviously a big problem with their, their roads are pretty massively uh, busy. But unfortunately, the journalist who's been setting up had, a, had got hit by a truck. Mm. That's pretty sad, eh? Sucked under. But she's oh. actually well, she's not dead. She's apparently in a coma. So, so the, the time, the Times, the, the Great Times newspaper of the UK, have got eight, an eight-point manifesto calling for cities to be made fit for cyclists. Lorries entering the city should be required by law to fit sensors, audible train, turning alarms, alar- um, extra mirrors, and safety bars to stop cyclists being thrown under the wheels. <laughs> you full on? There's quite a few things here, but it's yeah, yeah. cool. Check out the Times. Brian Lafeu, I've put this one on, the Mus. Yep. He was the one who won the, the photo, Jason right. Troy. Yep. He's doing this thing right now, and he's saying it's not nine. Oh, he's just saying, basically, he's not racing this summer, but he's going to walk from Mexico to Canada. It's a big walk. It's a big walk from the uh, Pacific Crest Trail with my fiance. Just run it. Stop doing a softy. Run it. It's your honeymoon. They're going to work 35 k's an hour day. Wow, for, that'd be hard. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. <laughs> 35 k's a day for four and a half months. Nice. That's awesome, man. It is. And they're doing it for, um, what are they doing it for? They're doing it to support a couple of charities that are important to us, try to get people to know us on a journey. So they're doing it for um, naturallydriven.ca. Mm. That's pretty out of a day. That's pretty That's, wow, man, 35Ks a day for four and a half months. Solid. Would you do that? Every day? No, I would not do that. Why not? It's not my, not my cup of tea. What would be the most epic thing that you would do? I don't need an epic camera, I know you're tough, but... Um... I don't know, maybe a 24-hour continuous bike ride, maybe, something like that. No, that's not that epic. <laughs> Four and a half months, mate. No. <laughs> you ask me, that's, that's, I'm, I'm not doing multi-day things. Really? <laughs> well, what about you, Bevan? What's the most epic thing you'd do? Oh, no, I'd like, to, I'd like to do one of those kind of four or five-day races where you don't sleep. Mm. Doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. <laughs> I get longer than 24 hours yeah. Sponsor <laughs> Coffees of Y I was thinking We've got to go island this week We've got to get a bit of island blend and They've got a toasted coconut blend Premium beans Oh John From throughout Hawaii Come together Capturing the essence of our islands A medium roasting release That um, a medium roasting releases that essence Then our roast master Adds a touch of the balanced tropical sweetness Of toasted coconut oh. It's decadent and for a seven ounce bag, it's six fifty. For two pounds, twenty five bucks, and for five pounds, fifty bucks. But if you use your IM Talk code, then uh, you get a nice healthy discount on there. Go to IM Talk. Do you like coconut? Yeah, I love coconut. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. I like coconut flavored things I too. I can't say I've actually had a fresh coconut. In what in your whole life? 
No, in a long, long time. Oh. Can't remember. Can't remember. Do, when you, do you drink the milk? In Thai curries and stuff. Yeah. 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 We're going well today on this part of the, this part of the show. We're coming home strong. <laughs> Finishing off like Lance. So, well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so the other thing you can do is you can go to their Facebook page, and they're pretty good. They've got some pictures of their crops here. Yeah. It's Our Molokai harvest is just about to wrap up for the year, and they're showing us the big kind of indoor... I'll go back to the Hawaiian Island blend. So they've got a Hawaiian Island special. They've got Kona. They've got macadamia nut. They've got Maui. They've got Molokai. Toasted coconut. Vanilla. Van- oh, that'd be nice. Vanilla macadamia nut. Vanilla is there good, go. John. They've got the Island is- blends. There's a gazillion amounts of coffee out there. Well, my daughter, my daughter and her friends are doing running group right now. They're doing my running group. I'm loving it. They're doing really well. But the thing was, they come. Give her a discount. Yeah, I gave, I gave her ten percent off. <laughs> she has to do more housework, <laughs> but. So he gets because we get a coffee van to meet our crew because we're right. coffee shops. We're too big for coffee shops now, which is yeah. quite cool. But um, they get the vanilla shot with their drinks, and I'm like, "Well, don't, just get coffees of Hawaii." There you go. Because you get the vanilla in the coffee. Means. Look at that one, John. They've even got this. Oh, everyone's staying warm in the mainland. Bit there. Oh, coffee's what's happening in your world. Sponsors first, John. Sponsors. Oh. We always finish up. We get sponsors. Okay. Sponsors. Athlinks.com. Athlinks.com. Because you can see if you're killing your age group. Extreme endurance. Because John Ellis, musclesinc.co.nz, says so. And if hey, and you can get a, a wait a second, what's the thing called? <laughs> the blender ball or something. The blender, <laughs> the blender bottle, blender bottle. The blender ball in the blender bottle. I've actually just, uh, and coffees of Hawaii. Because they rock. John's actually just done himself a disservice because if everybody goes on extreme endurance, then they won't be getting sore legs and then they uh, won't need any massage. You're just, you're just going under now, aren't you, John? Yeah. The massage will help take you to the next level. That's right. Massage beforehand. Mm. Yeah. John, what you got? I asked you first. Well, John, I've got a question for you. Oh, okay. we, go. we had a dilemma in our house the other night. Oh, played no, games night, put a cranium, and we played this new game. It's quite fun. What you do is everybody grabs a piece of paper, the piece of paper, and you rip it up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sound effects all... for the people. Yeah. And, and, so you, and then what you do is you write something on the piece of paper. And so everyone writes about maybe seven things on a piece of paper. And you put them in a box. And then there's three rounds. And the first round, you can say whatever you want except for the thing on the piece of paper. So if, let's say it's um, Bart Simpson. So you can talk about, you can say, you know, I'm a character in The Simpsons. And I'm the boy character in The Simpsons. And you'd say who? Bart Simpson. Yes. Yeah. And so you go through, and, and the idea is you get a minute to do it, and you've got to get as many as you can in a minute, and, and your team goes around. The second round, it's the same thing. So all the same answers go back into the box, mm-hmm. but then you do, you can only say one word. And so you can say one word, and then your team's got to You just it. say Simpsons. Yeah, 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 that was an easy, easy option, but you'd say Simpsons, and then they'd go, oh, it was Bart, so, yep, and so on. And then the third round, you get charades. And the idea is it's a time trial, and most points, it was quite fun. But one of the words we had, John, was lube. Mm. And lube, let's just to say lube can be used for many things. And somebody, and, and we're, now we're just going, because we just want to get, I want to get your opinion. I'm going to tell you what mm. side I was on. Mm-hmm. Somebody said lubrication as their one word that they could say for lube. Now, is that wrong or is that right? I'd say that's wrong. That's just uh, lube is an abbreviation of lubrication. Exactly, Joe. <laughs> exactly, Joe. <laughs> exactly, Joe. You should, you should listen to this, John. Don't worry about that. Because we had a bit of a bit of controversy in the, in the loving house right now. Yeah. And and I said to her, babe, I think. And the thing was, you know, friends and family around. You know, you yeah. don't want to rock the boat too much. And I said, babe, I think that's the same word. Yeah. <laughs> and she didn't give me the happy look. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and she goes, no, I don't think it is. Actually, I think it's a different word. And I said, babe. 
and 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 I think I pulled rank and and, <laughs> and, and uh, yes it wasn't it wasn't best in tonight but I'm glad you agree with me. Best thing is you know you have have travel with pursuit. Yeah, and uh, Kath and Kim. You watched Kath and Kim? No, but I have seen it. Oh, I have seen it. The best one. The is husband's gold. Ka- Cal. Yeah, Cal. <laughs> He's gold. Americans, you won't know what we're talking about. But if they, if they have a question and uh, and if they get it wrong and he thinks he gets it right, he goes, "I'll just put that one to the side and we'll we'll send that, <laughs> send that in for verification later." <laughs> He's a brilliant actor, man. Yeah. He's brilliant. One thing we've been watching. What TV shows do you watch? Uh, Modern Family, classic, yeah, Big Bang favorite. Theory. You even wrote into TV3 about Modern Family. I, did, I was very annoyed when they changed our scheduling. It starts, <laughs> back, starts back tonight, actually. I, I told Joe about that. I loved it. Big Bang Theory. Oh, you like that? Yeah. Any others? Crowd Goes Wild. What's that? Oh, it's a sports program. Oh, I don't like the Crowd Goes Wild. Do you know why? You've got to get the good presenters on. Sometimes I get some average ones. Yeah, do you know why I don't like it? Why? Because there's, so Crowd Goes Wild is a sports one. And I know most people are probably turning off by now, but... It's a sports one, and it's kind of like meant to be like an ESPN, but kind of done in New Zealand style. But they give no sport insight. It's all just about jokes. Mm. They don't kind of they don't actually give you any insight in sport. It's their thing. It's their thing. No, they're quite, James but they're not that funny. funny. No, they're pretty no, funny. They're not. Yeah, it's yeah. poor. I've been watching. We, we don't really watch shows as much, but we bought The Wire, which is an awesome uh, police program from America, and Downton Abbey. Have you watched that? Belinda loves Downton Abbey. <laughs> I've been watching it with Joe. Don't tell Belinda that I refuse to watch it. It's brilliant, John. Best program given ever. Down to Nebby. You never goss? Um, what's happening? What's happening? No. I asked you first, son. I've got, I've got nothing, Bevan. What are you doing this weekend? This weekend? Uh, oh, we had chundering in our house last week. <laughs> Whole family. I, I haven't got it yet, thank goodness. Everybody else chundering. Felicity's first day at preschool today. Pretty exciting. Oh, that's pretty cool. That was pretty How exciting. How long did they go to preschool for? Um, half day, three hours. Oh, cool. Like, yeah. That's cool for Belinda too, eh? Yeah, it's all good. Freedom. Um, so that was all good. And there was another mother there that was in tears because it was her daughter's first day as well. And Belinda's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, woo, high fives. Oh, the go. show on the road. <laughs> We've got a great photo of Tyler at first day at school, you know, sitting in the classroom. <laughs> and all the kids are up by the teacher. And Tyler's like about 10 metres back just sitting by herself. She's <laughs> <laughs> not looking happy. Oh, good times. Um, other than that, Bevan. I'd like to get some fitness back in my life. That's really? What I want to get back. You need in my a goal, John. I thought you were going to do a cross marathon. I am. I'm just struggling to get the the wheels moving. Coming back from holiday is just proving quite a challenge. Mm-mm. Getting on top of things. So that's my goal this week. You need a challenge, John. I know. You need I know. A just put it out there. You need to enter something. Okay. Well, next week you have to have a. Ch- Here we go. We'll, we'll put the pressure on you. By next week, you have to have something to enter. Okay. Okay. I'm Russ. I'm Indo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.